Leadership is the art of giving people a platform for spreading ideas that work. Welcome to DC Local Leaders, the podcast where we talk to C-suite leaders within the DC area. Our guests share their pathways to success and the important moments that impacted their careers. Lean in as we get the inside scoop on how they are shaping their industries, how they lead, manage, and connect with others. From the sectors of aerospace, defense, tech, IT, and more, this is Local Leaders. Your host has been making meaningful connections with industry leaders for over 15 years. Here's Philip Nathrum. Welcome back to the DC Local Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Nathrum. If it's your first time checking us out, we really appreciate you being here. Remember to subscribe wherever you're listening and on Instagram at DC Local Leaders and come find me on LinkedIn. I don't want you to miss out on any of our Monday mindsets and new episodes with impactful examples of leadership and mindset. To make it easy, we're going to drop some links below. We want to continue to create value and share these messages of shifting our mindset, achieving our goals, and being a mentor for others to do the same. If you enjoyed this episode or any of our past episodes, please remember to share it with a friend. It'll really help us spread the word. We're also actively seeking partnerships and sponsorships to continue our mission, sharing examples that we can accomplish anything that we work towards with the right mindset and the right mentorship. If you or your company would like to partner with us, please use the links below to connect. Today's episode is with Jim Hondo Gertz. Jim is most notably known for being the Navy Undersecretary up until last August, where he retired from government work. He spent 35 years in public service in three separate branches of the military, Air Force, United States Army, Special Operations Command, and most recently in the United States Navy and Marine Corps as Navy Undersecretary. 35 years of experience has given Jim a lot of scar tissue, and Hondo shares with us today his method. He calls it curiosity humility, and boldness. Having the curiosity to just investigate new things, go new places, ask questions, having the humility to admit that you don't know, put someone in place that does know and learn from them. How can we gain the information and just better ourselves? And then more importantly, the boldness to act. It's not enough to just ask the questions. A good leader is never too humble to actually take the actions and make the mistakes on their own. He talks about scar tissue a number of times in this episode, and that really stuck out to me as being a major key point to leadership. You have to make some mistakes. You have to be willing to learn from those mistakes. They're not failures. They're lessons. We had such a great time in the George C. Marshall House together. The George C. Marshall Museum is a fantastic place right here in Leesburg, Virginia. We're going to put a link below so that you can find out more information and take the tour. It's an amazing place with a lot of history from right here in Virginia. And we're so grateful that they gave us the opportunity to record in their space. And again, please make sure that you follow us wherever you happen to be listening. Check us out on Instagram. Come find me on LinkedIn. I want to connect with you. We've got some incredible things, a new piece of technology that we're building to help us connect more, to help us learn from each other. We are better together and we want to help foster those relationships amongst leaders, rising leaders, and build those mentor-mentee relationships. We want to help. And that's our mission for 2022. So let's get into the episode. Well, we're here with Hondo Gertz. Jim, How thanks you for going, being buddy? here. Yeah, good to see you. Yeah, DC Local Leaders. And we are recording today live in the George C. Marshall House. This How is, cool is that? Yeah. That's awesome. Dodona Manor. We're yeah. here in his actual library. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And for anyone that doesn't know, uh, Dodona House is the George C. Marshall House here in Leesburg, Virginia. They're 501c3 and they rely on membership and sponsorships to keep this going. They do tours every weekend. 
please reach out to them. We'll make sure we put links in, in the bottom of the show. Awesome. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure I gave them a shout out. There you go. They, they need it. That's good. Yeah. That's good. They've been so kind enough to let us use this. Uh, use yeah, he this was space. amazing. He was an amazing man. It's 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 really nice for you to preserve this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you are a recently retired. I am. How's that going? Uh, I think I took a day off. Yeah. yeah. One day off. Yeah. yeah. You've been pretty busy. Yeah. Uh, no, it's good. It's yeah. good. It's uh, I always like learning, and so to me, it's uh, it's a new chance to learn stuff. Yeah. And uh, and maybe apply some. Uh, Lessons learned from a lot of scar tissue of 30 plus years and help other people out. So Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. So you started. Yeah, well, I was, uh, I actually started at Lehigh. I was okay. an ROTC guy. Okay. That was and that, undergrad. That, yeah, that was my undergrad. And so back then, late 80s, the Air Force was recruiting folks with technical degrees to come in and help them build kind of advanced systems. Yeah. And so, uh, so I started there as an ROTC guy, not a really deep military family. Um, but you know, it was a good way to get a college education and, uh, I figured I could do anything for four years Yeah, and, uh, you know, four years turned into six years, turned into 20 years, turned into 35 years. So it was almost, yeah, a little over 38 years ago, I showed up as a freshman and, yeah. uh, and, and here we are. Yeah. But you've had one of those careers that anyone looking at it, you know, we can learn from. That's a big deal for me. I, you know, we read a lot of stories about people like Michael Jordan and I love yep. Michael Jordan yep. and I love his story. And I'm a firm believer in growth mindset yep. that we can get better. Now you can get better at basketball, but you may not be able to replicate what he did. Sure. But there's so many people around this beltway, yourself included, that, you know, if you really take their mentorship and learn from you, we can do the same thing. We uh, can. I think anybody can learn from anybody. So if I can help, that's great. But I'm learning, you know, I'm now working with these startups with, uh, you know, young adults and I'm learning a ton from them. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're, you know, just that energy and passion, but I think, um, Sometimes you got to be a little careful. Folks will talk you into what your career needs to be. Yeah. You know, I was told about 10 of the things I did in my career, everybody told me it was going to kill my career. And yeah. So you can't. Like you what? Know. What's some examples? Um, so we had uh, our two boys were young um, and they needed some extra help at school. And so yeah. I took three back to back assignments in D.C. Normally in the military, if you stay in one place too long, they, they call it homesteading and they think you're. Okay. And so they'd say, your career is going to be over if you do that. Well, it was the right thing to do for the family, right thing to do for me. And I figured, hey, it'll all work out. You work hard, get your out, you know, outcomes will speak for themselves. And so, I mean, take advice from people, but treat it like advice, not like you have to. Right. And and be also be a little careful. Some of the, the, the things I learned the most from were from the jobs I thought I would like the least. Yeah. You right? know, I hear that message a lot. Yeah. And so it's really about... What do you bring to the table and not try and don't don't let folks pencil you in. It doesn't mean you don't want to, you know, if you want to focus on one thing and be great at that one thing, that's good. But but always kind of give to your uh, always be curious, I guess I'd say. Yeah. Curious about what you might do, what the options are out there, what other people are doing. And curiosity is one of those um, skill. It's one of those power skills. The more curious you are. Um, the more you get back from being curious, it's one of those interesting, uh, skills like that. Kindness is like that too. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of humility that comes with that too, because if you're curious, you have to admit to yourself that you don't know and that you, you know, you have to ask other people. Yeah. I would say, um, although I've seen curious people who still don't believe it unless they do it. Really? So I think you, so I, so the, so the, you know, if I was to boil down, you know, 30 something years of scar tissue, you know, what, you know, what would I Wish I would have known more coming out, you know, way back when. Um, curiosity, having the curiosity to explore, having the humility to learn, and then having the boldness to act. 
Yeah. So you got to be curious, but then you've got to be willing to learn and figure out, you know, what somebody else is doing. Uh, but there's a lot of curious people who are humble, but then don't make the step. Don't don't. And so tr- trying to figure out the right balance of those has been uh, um, it's only come to me lately that if I look back in retrospect, those three skills are their power skills yeah. uh, because you can apply them anywhere and you don't have in fact. You don't have to have deep knowledge. In fact, it sometimes it helps you when you have no knowledge uh, to apply those skills. And it also breaks down and generates trust. So when people are genuinely curious and they generally want to ask questions or, hey, they come to the house, what's here? What was he reading? I wonder what, you know, then suddenly um, you break, you become human. And suddenly now you can instantly trust somebody because they're willing to ask you something. Yeah. It's, it's a really interesting uh it's a really and and sometimes I think we get in this uh, mode that leaders have to be bold above all else and, and have all the answers, have and, all the answers, and have no vulnerabilities, and you know, and quite frankly, those are those aren't the leaders I like following. Yeah, they're not. I mean, it, I've gotten that message repeatedly that you know it's the vulnerability and opening yep. up, and that you know, you said something interesting earlier is that a lot of people have shared with me that they learn much more from the people that they mentor than. Yeah. Uh, from anyone else than yeah. even from their own mentors. Yeah, exactly. I, in fact, I did for a while, I was doing a, uh, I, it was, I call it almost reverse mentorship. I would pick the most junior folks in the organization and choose a couple of them to be my mentors. Yeah. And actually it was, it's, you don't want to like the, the next level down. Cause it's too, you know, this was like five organization levels different in the organization. And, uh, and it's so far apart that, you're not worried about them sucking up or saying yeah. what you want to hear. Cause it's, you know, it's, and, and two things happen. One, you'd really get their view of the world, which was really important in terms of developing the talent. And then the second thing is, again, they were not afraid to tell you what you probably needed to hear. Right. And then third, you're teaching them how to mentor people and the value of mentorship. If you as a, as, as you as the leader say, well, come on, I'm going to go pick you up. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, let's go have a session. So it's, it's, it's really an interesting, uh, interesting phenomenon. Where'd you start doing that when you were in? Because you, you've got some, uh, you were at SOCOM for a while. Yeah, so I'm a mutt. I think I, I'm one of the few career military uniform, career uh, senior executive, political appointee in three different services. Yeah, Air Force. Air Force and Special Ops and then Navy yeah. and Marine Corps. Yeah. And so, uh, so I think that was my way of being curious and showing humility and then understanding the bold move that maybe folks didn't see. And so I, it, I think, I don't think anybody is naturally a leader. I think sometimes some of us, we all have skills. We all have weaknesses. Um, I think, you know, having moved around a lot as a kid, I went to high school or junior high and high school in the Bay Area, Houston, Texas, and Lancaster, Pennsylvania, like three of the most yeah. opposite places. But it teaches you to you know, you have to learn from folks and learn and adapt. You can't just have all the answers. And and I, um, and it's just, so I tried. If it worked, I doubled down on it. If it didn't work, okay, go move something else. That one worked pretty well. Yeah, and you build resilience and yeah. grit by doing that yep. because things don't always work out. Absolutely. And there's a, a feeling of almost shame or embarrassment sometimes when things don't work out. And to get over that, you've got to keep making mistakes. Yeah, I, um, you know, some folks will say you want to fail or fail fast. I like to learn fast. Yeah. So sometimes learning is because you try it and fail. Yeah. And, you know, many of us blame um, the thing about failures. You have to actually figure out what happened and success. Many times we attribute it to the wrong thing. 
Right. We, you know, it wasn't that you were just lucky or that the timing was right or somebody else did something you don't know about. It was, oh, because you're the smart person. No. So we, we tend to attribute uh, success very egotistically. Yeah. But failure, you can't, you know, you've, you've got to ha- have the same level of ownership and failure. And, and But so I like to learn fast. I can learn fast by failing. I can learn fast by having humility and learn from you. Do you have a process that you follow when you go into a new situation or let's say you failed at something or you learned at something. Yep. Let's say you learned at something. Do you have a process of debriefing that to understand what you just learned? I think, um, I think it's radical levels of transparency. And so being really transparent, wow, we screwed that one up guys. I wish I would have done this or we could have done this or in success. Holy moly, you're the one that did. So you, you'll often hear me talk about, I sometimes call myself the pulling guard, right? Yeah. Big guy on an offensive line, right. not in the limelight, doing the kind of blue collar work, make holes for the team to run through. Um, Because for me, um, in terms of humility and just how to inspire folks, uh, most great leaders love to bask in the light reflected off their team. Right. They don't want to be in the spotlight. They want to be, they want their team in the spotlight and they'll just get the warmth of that. And so I think um, having that humility and then being able to be transparent, be vulnerable, um, that allows you to then much more quickly debrief, understand what happened, get honest feedback, and then iterate fast. And so to me, it's not as much of a process as a mindset. And if you get in that, hey, we're all here, you know, learning velocity is key. That's a mindset. Then all the things naturally come into, you know, breaking down a situation or figuring out who had the answer but was too afraid to say it. Or got or got yelled at because the three loud people in the room wouldn't let she or he talk. Right, right. I think yeah, yeah that because now you've opened an honest communication right. between you and the other team, and that's key because now they don't have to be your yes person and just tell you what yeah. you want to hear. They can be open about what they don't believe in. Exactly. So, so another trick I used uh, because it's really tired. If you get more and more senior, everything works against you because everything is here to inflate your ego. Right. You get a bigger office, yeah. you get staff, you get. And so you've got to constantly fight um, not getting caught up in that, so yeah. to speak. And, you know, one one of the things I do is every org chart of a team I had the good fortune of leading, I would be at the bottom of the org chart. So if you'd walk in, you know, as many times you'll, if you go into military office, you'll see kind of the rank structure and the highest ranking down to lowest ranking. And I would flip it. Flip it. And because I think as a leader, your job is to support your team or your direct reports. Their job is to support their teams. Ultimately, you're there to support the customer. So as a leader, I think you are accountable to the or you work for the whole organization. The organization doesn't work for you. Yeah. Uh, where did you learn that? Where did you where did you first learn that? Was that when you're doing special operations? I think I, I caught I I saw it somewhere. Yeah. I walked in the office and somebody had done it. So I'm not that smart. I'm a hell of a poacher. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, something clicked. And so I would say I had to learn early on this humility, um, trying to balance. In a, you know, we all struggle, I think, with work-life balance. And um, I was just fortunate to learn early enough in my career that I couldn't do it all myself. And, and so that, it wasn't because I had any great teaching or had some natural ability. I just was confronted with that very early in my career with two uh, two kids a year apart and yeah. doing all those things. And uh, and I figured out if I could inspire, empower, and trust the team, I didn't have to – you could get so much more done than you could as one individual human. You just had to let go. 
you have to let go of that. Um, it's all about you and make it all about the outcome or all about the mission. Yeah. And, uh, and then as you say, bask in the light of the reflection on everybody, not, not look for the spotlight for yourself. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, so, so let's talk about you though, but what you actually do on a daily basis. I want to learn more about like your daily routines that help you show up being this person and, and build that mindset. Are you waking up at a certain time? I know you're up pretty early because yeah. we all see your wake up song. That and, wake up song. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably most energized early in the morning. Yeah. Have you, and then late at night. And then, you know, I, I think, I think piece of it is, uh, for everybody, I guess, a, uh, uh, something I've learned over the years, figure out what makes you fresh. Okay. And it's different for other people, right? So for me, Talking to people energizes me. Mentoring people energizes me. Solving a hard problem energizes me. Sitting in a four-hour staff meeting doesn't energize me, right? Um, But we all have to do some of those things. So I guess what I have found is if you can find the things that energize you. So we have a cabin on a lake in West Virginia. We go most weekends. Yeah, I heard a story about you and a chainsaw. Yeah, chainsaw therapy, right? I'm out there. And, you know, so for me, sometimes I just need to be Either that or, you know, doing when I was doing Ironman's training for being on a bike for a couple hours. Sometimes I needed those recharge moments. But whatever it is for you, figure out what they are. And where most where I failed for a long time was I tried to do my regular thing and then add them in at the end. Yeah. And I had to flip that to say, okay, what are my energy providing tasks? Um, You know, mentoring or whatever is one of mine. And I build that in first and then make the work. Uh, come in around it. And so I would usually allocate maybe 10 to 15% of my day to that energy providing task. And I found with the 85% that was left, I was twice as efficient. And so um, where I failed was trying to build it in afterwards. Oh, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. And that, that really helps. So yeah, so my battle rhythm is I get up in the morning, kind of get connected, see what's going on. Go try and get a workout in and then, you know, start jamming for the day. Yeah. You're still doing PT. Still doing PT. Yeah. You know, you, you're, you're the, I think the 14th leader that I spoke to that says that they've done triathlons. Yeah. There's gotta be something to that. When, how long ago did you do your last triathlon? What was that training process like? How did you fit in the time into everything else you're doing? Yeah. So, uh, so I've done a couple of full Ironmans. If they had the 18 inch neck category yeah. or the Sasquatch <laughs> category, I would be, I would be an Ironman champion. Right. You know, uh, so uh, yeah, I have, I have the wrong body type for, uh, for doing triathlons, but, but what I like about triathlons, it's really, at least for me, it wasn't competing against other people. It was competing against yourself. Yeah. And, and figuring out, um, how to, you know, break down. It's, it's kind of like when you have a hard problem. Um, I think it was Eisenhower. It wasn't Marshall. It was Eisenhower said, if you can't solve a problem, make it harder. Because normally when you go to solve a problem, you use the things you've always done and you'll get the answer you've always got. And then if you can't solve it, yeah, yeah. you're never going to make it harder. And so sometimes, okay, how are you going to get through this Iron Man for me, which takes a long time? Okay, then you got to break it down into bits and pieces. Okay, I got to get through the swim and I got to get through by, okay, to get through a swim, I got to get 2.4 miles. Okay, that means, you know, 45 buoys I got to pass. Okay, so... And yes. you, you start, so you break it into bite-sized pieces and then you just, then you just keep chugging along and you're, it's amazing. I find that way in problem solving too. If you try and do it all at once in the giant thing, 
it takes forever and you usually don't get there. Yeah. So you apply that to everything. You I do, apply that, to everything. That mindset. Yep. Where'd you learn that? Was that reverse engineering the, the problem? Is that from your military experience? Or yeah, I think it's just, yeah. you know, I've had the great fortune of being, I mean, I've, I've, you know, been on teams building X airplanes, very, you know, these yeah. very complex stealth missiles, um, very complex problems. And so then you figure out as a leader, um, how do you then attract a very diverse team? Because the more diverse the team you can attract and empower and get working together. So again, not that smart. Uh, I'm pretty good at developing talent and I'm pretty good at trying to get the talent in the right um, mindset to tackle it. And so I think that applies to a a lot of things. Yeah. Would you, so during that training process and even tackling these problems, what'd you learn about yourself, your mindset? And I'm sure the internal gym has a few different things to say about Jim. Oh, maybe it's, the it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, one thing I learned was, so in a long triathlon, I come up with lots of ideas Yeah, because I'm bored. I, and, and, <laughs> and the worst thing in an Ironman, you can't wear a, uh, Headphone. headphones yeah. or anything. So, you know, I'm out there for a long time, 13 hours talking to myself, Yeah, um, which is a long time. So yeah. the is first one time? I did, yeah, first one I did, I came back with like 3,000 ideas. Of the three, so back to humility, of those 3,000, and then I made the mistake of, First day back in the office, I threw them up all on the organization uh. and completely oversped the organization. And so the organization, I started making a rule that I could only bring out an hour's worth of ideas over a one month period. So every month I could bring another hour's worth of ideas. Okay. The humility pieces out of those probably 3000 ideas, three were pretty good. And only one of them was really successful. And that's when I paired it up with somebody else's idea. So you've got to, generating lots of ideas doesn't mean all your ideas are good ones. And that's okay. Uh, a lot of people, you know, don't, you got to be careful not that, well, I had an idea, the, uh, my boss didn't like it, so he or she is, you know, they're, they're ignorant and they're not innovative. And, yeah. you know, so you have some humility. Ideas are like crappy rocks on a beach. They're really not good until you connect them with something else and then put them in the tumbler with some sand and, uh, and shine them up. Well, when you have a new idea, what's yeah. your process like? What do, you, do you write them all down on, on paper? No. Do you journal about it? What, what do we do? No, I just keep them in my head. And if they're good, they'll come back to me. Is that, and, yeah. you just trust yeah, the process? I just, yeah, if, I just, and and I'll talk to somebody. Hey, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. Get some feedback. What do you think about that? The other thing about ideas is um, some of my best ideas were bad ideas five years earlier. And so when you have ideas, sometimes the timing's not right. The environment's not right. It's not the organization's not in the right spot or it's solving a problem that you don't need. So I just kind of park those in the back of my mind. And then if something pops up again, oh yeah, I remember four years ago, I thought about that. Yeah. Or you talk to a lot of folks and they say, hey, you know, I know a couple of years ago, you said this, um, what were you thinking then? Oh, now I got, you can bring it back. Yeah. So you don't, are you a journaler at all? Do you, no. you don't keep anything like that? No. No. I, I, uh, I will write stuff down and then throw it away. That's just the way I remember. That's it, how you remember. That's how I, remember. It I, write, well, I write it down and then I'll throw it away. If I write it down, I'll remember it. Okay. Um, so but everybody's kind of, different. So, yeah. you know, my wife is a, she's the opposite and she's the journaler and the list she's a teacher. So she's yeah. very organized. And, and so the other thing you have to learn over life is, um, ducks pick ducks. So I would always look to hire people who are, so if there were two of us in an organization, it would be a nightmare, yeah. <laughs> right? Because I don't write stuff down and I'm always kind of, you know, I'm not trying to get the train running on the tracks. I'm trying to figure out where to change the tracks. Right. Okay. So you need to cost. So I would always compliment 
my skills with somebody who tended to be more task organized, would keep the trains running on time, yeah. would be the journaler, would be the, okay. Um, and, and again, neither is better or worse, right. but together you're, it's an exponential. It's not a, it's yeah. not an addition. Together and so stronger, that's your, yeah, uh, that's yeah. your thing. So this idea of emotional intelligence, understanding yourself and then understanding people is really, 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 really important. Yeah. And did you, and do you do any formal training to pick that up? No, just, just kind of, I'm, I'm a, I'm a grinder. Yeah. I'm not the academic type. I, uh, just get that. Well, try stuff. And if it works, not, if it doesn't work, okay. Put it yeah. away, try the next thing. So, you know, iteration speed also don't, don't take forever to try an idea. Yeah. Just try it and just see try what happens. Just don't see. worry about yeah, the results. Yeah. Just kind of, yep. Yeah. Did you actually play sports? Did you actually play? Uh, no, I was actually a soccer guy. Were you? But we moved around so much that, yeah, yeah so I didn't yeah. get to play formally. But um, how how long did you play? Like what from what age to what age? Did you play in high school? Yeah, all the way up through kind of in high school. For yeah. The, yeah. But yeah. on other things. So I'm a music freak. I love music. I started yeah. playing music when I was two. What, uh, what instruments were you playing? So I started playing piano when I, so I could read music several years before I could read text yep yeah uh but i always like playing by ear and by sound more than playing by music so playing in a band now uh not right now we need to get a band back we used some of our offices have time now yeah we have time now yeah i could go back yeah yeah so what got you started with this wake up song and even putting that out there because you you write an actual narrative that goes along with it it's a very like thoughtful this is what this song means to me as an individual and here's how it can apply to you and you know, that takes time and effort. Like what got you started doing that? So if you look back in my career, I tend to run to the sound of guns. So came in the Air Force, late 80s, Desert Storm, yeah. and then went to SOCOM, early 2000s, all the special ops stuff. Then uh, came to the Navy and Marine Corps because I sense that's the next next area uh, where the guns are going to be, uh, you know, of most importance. And, and uh, I tend to have look for places where um, good teams working on hard problems. What I've learned over time, particularly in stressful, like the last, you know, all the almost 12 years in special ops, uh, when a team is under uh, uh, stress, they, as a leader, um, it's really important you communicate to them regularly. Uh, you tell them what you know and you tell them what you don't know. People are like, I mean, they're like well-trained hunting dogs. They can smell out unauthentic leadership. And one of the things I learned was um, in those high-stress situations, people want something they can count on happening on a regular tempo, but they can absorb it in their own state of mind, in their own perspective. It's not confrontational or, no, so it's easy to, it's regular, easy to digest. And so, so I used to do similar things. Uh, in the office. So when COVID hit, I know a lot of folks were really dealing with a lot of stress. You know, my, you know, parents were now having yeah. to be teachers and, you know, grandparents. And I found this, while I love music and I love talking about leadership and music is one of those things that anybody can take kind of on their own terms. Yeah. And so, the, you know, the greatest innovations are usually two things that already exist. You just put together in a new way. Because yeah. then you can scale it really quickly, right? right? You don't have to invent. You don't have to create it. Yeah, so to me, I tried it. It got some positive feedback. Folks were saying, hey, this was really helpful. I needed something to get my mind off all the stress. So I tried it again. And then 
I think we're up to 380 songs later, yeah. 300 days in a row. But but for me, it's great. I'll, I love. You like searching for it? Is that part yeah? Of the, I mean, the, it's the just joy? what's my state of mind? What's the you know? What's interesting stories about people? What can you learn? Yeah, but do it in an easy way, right? Have you discovered songs that you either forgot about or didn't know about? Yeah, absolutely. The of, of, yeah, of or or bands or there's so many good musicians out there. Yeah. Uh, so some of it is rekindling, you know, old music. Some is a lot of new bands folks wouldn't heard from. But but the biggest message is not the music or the leadership or anything. It's Hey, we're all better together. Right. And if you need some help, raise your hand, and ask for help. Ask for it. Right. People will give yeah. you the help. People will give you help. You know, most of my failures in life have been when I needed help and I took too long to ask for it. Yeah. Whether it's Were at home or at work. Oh, yeah. Oh, all the all the things of human nature. Yeah. I'm admitting I can't get something done. Right. I'm admitting I can't do this. I'm admitting I'm not perfect at everything. Feeling like a failure. Like yeah. that, that's sort of like. Yeah. All, over, the, all that's that a kind natural of stuff. human. Yeah. Technique. That's all human. So, you know, um, it's natural. So what I found is as a leader promoting, hey, you know, I've I've I was probably, a, as you might imagine, a year ago. Well, about this time last year. As a political appointee, yeah. you know, things were pretty stressful and had some things going on at, at home and stuff. And I, I got myself under, in a in a box corner. And so one Saturday, I just, you know, phoned five friends. I'm like, hey, dude, I just need to talk to you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, kindle those relationships and, yeah, talking it out. Yeah. Yeah. Just, okay, I can work through it now, right? One step after the other. So it's really, really, really important. There's And as a leader, if you show that, humility and vulnerability, then you get, um, you have empathy and folks can sense that empathy. And then mm -hmm. they're willing to say, well, I've got a solution. I'm not, you know, they're, 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 how about if we do this without you asking them for it? Right. You know, whether that's on a work problem or a home problem. Yeah. Now these five people that you called, are those yeah. people that have been around for a while and you, you just regular check in with them or were they just. No one. I mean, a couple of them were guys I served with a long time ago. A couple of them were kind of more contemporary, you know, it's just, yeah. uh, but just, you know, not, and it was not a big, you know, let's have an, an hour long. Sure. You know, it was just, Hey, Hey, I'm, good to talk to you. Let me get your mind off things. Yeah. Get, yeah. get out of your head. Get out get of your out own of head. Exactly. exactly. Right? And you can do that with your, with your partner. You can do that with your, you know, but, everybody yeah. else. But, but I find, um, you know, back to this mentorship, having mentors who are outside your normal day-to-day -day yeah. job or whatever is, is also really important. Yeah. And, and, and so you can, so they would be the kinds of people I would talk to. Absolutely. No one person fills all our gaps. So right. You need more than one mentor for yep. different yep. things. I've got mentors that are in my personal life that, I mean, these are folks that are married and got kids. So I look to like, you know, to them for yep. that sort of advice. Some people are really great with their finances. And I yep. just, I'm so impressed by that. Like, yep. how do you do this? So that's so, so it's fascinating for me after doing, you know, one thing for so long now is, you know, I feel like I've gone from kind of MVP in the premier league to, you know, JV at a junior high in a different sport. Yeah. And right? I'm, I'm back to, you know, I'm Michael, uh, you know, I'm, I'm Michael now I'm done with basketball. Now I'm going to baseball. Right. Um, and to your point, to be successful in that, you've got to approach it with some humility uh, and, but I love it because the learning, the learning curve is so steep. Yeah. And for me, that's energizing. Yeah. And, you know, talking to someone else, calling them up and saying, Hey, what's going on with you Yep. and letting them just tell you, tell yep. you what's going on with them. Getting you outside of your head is so important because yep. it can become overwhelming really quickly, especially yep. when you're going through something tough Yep. because you're thinking about it all day long. Yep. So you're yep. exhausted yep. without having taken any action towards it. Well, and, and I think particularly over the last 18 months between, 
you know, politics and COVID and everything else. Yeah. The ground, you know, the kind of base level of stress for everybody, yeah. I think is much higher. Yeah. And so then as stressful things hit, it seems like it's harder to cope because right. you're coping with this base level of uncertainty. Right. You started at 25%. Right, right, so right, it's like, right, you know. right. And so that's to me, like, you know, back to this, you know, wake up song on LinkedIn. Okay. That's a given. Everybody can kind of, okay, let me just let me hear a song for a little while. I'll read a couple things and then to yeah, hopefully it's helping. I've got some pretty good feedback. It just yeah. helps people. Okay. Get, let me get clicked in. Let me clear my head for the day in an, in, in a new way. And so if it's helpful, yeah. that's great. Yeah, no, I love them. Um, you know, something that I ask everybody that I talk to is about a jumping off point. Yep. It's a moment in time. It's a moment in time where you couldn't keep doing what you're doing, but you're unsure about what to do next. Yep. A lot of people have shared about it. it's a time where looking at the time they thought it was a horrible, horrible experience yep. and they hated it. And it was sort of like overwhelming and they, they didn't want it to be happening. And now they look back and they're incredibly grateful that it did. Yep. Do you have something like that? Oh, I got, I, I've got tons, but probably one that comes to mind. So I was probably in, uh, you know, so I'd been, I was probably late twenties. Um, and I'd been doing pretty well in the air force and, you know, getting more and more responsibility. And, uh, you know, my wife and I are old high school sweethearts. We had two boys who were a year and a week apart and we had them relatively young. So they were like two and three and, uh, and you know, we had some uh, challenges with them. Uh, and some things we need to work through with them in terms of uh, getting them, you know, all the services and support they needed. And I was trying to do everything at work and trying to do everything at home and wasn't balancing all that out. And uh, and it was and the most important thing at the time for my wife, who's with the boys all day, was getting home for dinner. Yeah. But then, you know, I wanted to work longer and I was starting to get late for dinner, you know, and, and it wasn't I was trying to avoid getting home and just get busy. And I finally got to the point of saying, you know, hey, I really love the Air Force, but I love my family more. So if I want to stay in the Air Force and do what I need to do for my family, I've got to I've got to approach the job in a different way. And instead of trying to be the expert that everybody came to, I had to flip it and I had to be the leader that inspired all the experts to do what they need to do and bring it on the team. And the again, lucky for me, I learned that many folks don't learn that till they're kind of mid-level or senior level leaders when they're so busy, you know, they you know, they can't get it all done. I learned that really early. How old were you? I was probably 26, 27. Yeah, that's huge for a 26-year-old. Well, so the good news is I just had 30 years now to practice. Right. Right. So when I'm, you know, running off the $148 billion a year naval enterprise where you have to trust 130,000 people that you're on the team with, you can do it without getting stressed out. Yeah. Um, so that's that's probably one of those, you know, just learning moments where it forced me to do something I didn't think I knew how to do and do it in a way I wasn't sure it was going to work. And then it gave me the, it's kind of the Tiger Woods, change your swing in the middle of your golf season and, yeah. and get better. So that's that's been one for me. So that's why I say this work-life balance is a... Uh, uh, can actually be a benefit to you. Many folks see it as, okay, I've got a family that's going to make me, you know, I'll have to work less because I have a family. No, you just got to work smarter and figure figure out that how to leverage diversity and and learn how to lead, not just manage and try and do it all yourself. Have you, and how old are your kids now? They're about ready to be 30 and 31. Yeah. Are they military? Did they nope. follow the military? No, nope. no, nope. no. They're, uh, they're, my wife's a teacher. So they're on the uh, one's an artist. And one is a uh, journalist. 
Yeah. Were you from a military family? Is that why you moved uh, around? Yeah, a little bit. My dad served for a couple of years, but he was uh, he was with General Electric. And so, okay. you know, he was in the corporate world and we just moved uh, back then with the corporate world. So, yeah. What do you think you being in the military and having the positions you had did for your kids and their mindset and, and you know, the dinnertime conversations and you making that decision when they were relatively young? Um, I, You have to ask them. Well, I, yeah. You know, I would say. um. I think we all, if you look at our family, it's kind of all service, right? My wife's been a teacher for almost 30 something years. She is, everybody thinks I am accomplished and that she is much more innovative, much more passionate, a much better leader of 19, four year olds. And, uh, you know, yeah. it's funny. We compare notes after my day at the Pentagon. Our days were mar- remarkably the same. Yeah. I think only her kids learned. I'm not sure in the Pentagon that we learned a whole lot, but, but I would say it's the value of service. And uh, at least for my wife and I, it's, uh, you know, it's always about, um, you know, making sure you take care of family, obviously, you know, but, but doing it, having a kind of a larger purpose. That's why I love mentoring. That's why I love being on a show like this. And not that I'm smart. I just got a lot of scar tissue. I have no, you know, no, no natural anything, just a lot of scar tissue. Learn from mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. We have the benefit of not having to repeat them because you've already done them. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, What's, so what are you doing now that you're retired besides hanging out in West Virginia with your chainsaw? Um, so I, I, the triathlon? I, I'll probably go and do another one. I got to figure out what's next. Uh, what's the next big challenge there? I think, um, I, I think I'm, yeah, again, uh, all of five or six weeks out of it. I know. Um, what I'm finding the most interesting is, uh, is these teams who are trying to accomplish something. So kind of my view is I'm looking for, um, I'm looking for folks I like working with, right. Who are working on something for a purpose and an area where I can lead and also help. And I find a lot of this, uh, as they're trying to grow and scale and, you know, and, and, you know, I think a lot of folks who have spent careers in service or in the military, a lot of them like going back to college to teach. Yeah. A lot of them like to help companies who are trying to accomplish something. So it's, it's service just in a little bit of a different yeah, uh, different bent, and you know, I I I believe pretty passionately in the country. Part of our strength in the company in the country is having innovative teams doing important, interesting stuff. So whether it's I'm you know I'm working with some biologic life science companies and some another company trying to build exoskeletons so uh, we don't hurt workers in the workplace and yeah. you know all sorts of interesting things. So it's it's a little bit like being in a candy store now. Of, yeah. you know. Lots of choices. Well, you've got the time, right? Have you, are yeah. there hobbies and things that you've picked up over the years that you found that has helped you take that time away, like fishing or hunting? You're doing uh, I think, I mean, I just, I love the outdoors. I love, uh, you know, I love trying to get out running or stuff. I love, uh, maybe I'll get back into some woodworking and yeah. some of that stuff. Were you like a woodworker? Like you would make furniture and things? Yeah. I, would, I mean, it's probably not giving uh, justice to woodworkers. I, I was a wood hobbyist. How was okay. that, sir? I was yeah. a wood hobbyist. Uh, you know, my, my, again, my wife and kids are much more creative than I am. Yeah, so. we get one that's an artist. He probably, yeah. 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 yeah, but but I think you find whatever those back to this freshness. Yeah, what keeps you fresh? Because I found as a leader, when I was least effective, is when I was least fresh. You know, when you're either tired or you're grinding on something, or you've been too close to a problem, or you haven't taken care of something, or made a hard decision. You know, you have to make. You just keep putting it off. Yeah, and um, when you're fresh, you're open to new ideas. You're curious. You're energetic. You're all that. So for all the emerging leaders out there, 
figure out those things that give you energy and keep you fresh. Uh, and then, you know, and they'll, they'll change over time. One of the ways I used to um, um, keep myself, I would say, learning and growing is I try to do um, one thing. In fact, all, I had all my direct reports. They had to have a major initiative that had at least a 50% chance of failing. Okay. And so I would measure them on having initiatives that, because that was the only, if we, if I only measured them on and only measure myself on things that were high chance of success, we were not likely to change. Right. Right. And so you have some judgment. So pick something like that. Hey, where you're going to trying to change the game, uh, pick something, be part of a team or initiative that cuts across your organization and, you know, involves other people and then pick something for yourself. You know, one, I used to love science fiction books. And then you got busy, you have kids and all that, and I got it. So I tried to, hey, I want to go back and read a science fiction book once a month. Because that, that gets me thinking, right, and yeah. thinking in different ways. So whatever those, if you can have one thing you're trying to have, a, you know, try something new within your organization. One thing where you're a part of something broader than the organization you're in. And then one thing you're doing for yourself. If I had like one or maybe two in each one of those categories, that's what, kind of kept me from getting complacent and uh, stale. Yeah. What I hear you saying is that you're just getting used to being or being okay with having this state of uncertainty. Yeah. Like you don't know if it's going to work out, yeah. but that's just a natural feeling. And that's no longer a reason to not do it right. or to put something off. Whenever I've had to put some, whenever I started seeing myself put something off, it was usually because I was in fear of it failing. Right. Right. And, and again, I, again, I, a lot of scar tissue, I'm far from perfect. I have yeah. a decision I should have made yesterday that I probably need to make this afternoon. So, yeah. you know, yeah, you know, it's so it's okay. Some folks add stress by beating themselves up. The self talk, right, right. And so you know, I think you just give yourself some targets, and then just be really, you know, I, if you talk to my wife, I'm sure she would tell you I'm, you know, I've not mastered the work life balance. Yeah, right. Uh, so now here's a new opportunity to try that. Um, and so you know, I think the hardest part is just being honest with yourself, but not so self critical that you add to your own stress. And that's, again, that's easy to say, really, really, really hard to do over time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, something you mentioned earlier is that, you know, working harder at it or grinding more on it is not always no, the best. Yeah, move. Right, right. Take that time away and maybe yeah. you'll see it differently or it becomes less of a grind in the first place. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, well, listen, I really appreciate you sitting down and chatting nah, with it's us. great. I appreciate that. Uh, I've learned something from it already. So, you yeah, know, hopefully... I mean, uh, Everybody else says, I really appreciate you doing these kinds of things. I mean, we have so many resources amongst ourselves we don't use. That, yeah, I'm, I'm an abundance thinker kind of person. And so, you know, you going and finding uh, folks who want to talk about it's here. It's abundant. Yeah. You just have to go find it and put a little uh, elbow grease in to bring it to the, to, to the table here. And so. And that was the idea. I yeah. wanted to learn from you. Like, what what can I soak up from you and apply to my life? And if I wanted that. I'm sure there's plenty of people that do too. Yeah, yeah, so. and, and and good leaders love talking about leadership. Yeah, so there's plenty of them around, and uh, man, I'm sure you're going to go find them. Yeah, well, I, that's the plan, and uh, I'm really grateful to Dodona Manor. Yep, and the George C. Marshall House for giving us the yeah. space. If you haven't read, uh, if you haven't read about Marshall, if yeah. for anybody out there, if you're maybe uh, you know a younger generation or something, a true unsung hero, you know everybody remembers the Eisenhowers or the Pattons yeah. of the world. Read a, read a book or two on Marshall and you'll find the quintessential servant leader. I mean, yeah. talk about the pulling guard, yeah. staying behind, not getting all the fame of being out on the front lines. He is the quintessential servant leader. 
So, so now that we're talking about reading, though, let's let's get one or two book recommendations from you that you've read that have made a, a huge um, historical. You mentioned that you're a you're a fiction reader. Yeah, I would say uh, that's whatever I read lately. I've really liked. There's a good one. Uh, Humility is a new smart. It's a okay. pretty good book. Um, there's one called The Originals, kind of how nonconformists change the world by Adam Grant's a good book that I go back to a lot. Uh, another one's Machine Platform Crowd. So how to think in terms of platforms not products and pieces. So like yeah. this is a platform right here. Right. Right. And, uh, and what's interesting about platform thinking is the more people who engage it in the more diverse ways adds value to everybody on that platform. Right. Right. So LinkedIn, how you use LinkedIn is maybe different than how I use LinkedIn, but the fact we're using it differently adds value for both sides. Right. So because. that's, you know, fascinating, fascinating, uh, way of looking at things. And so, yeah, and then go pull some good science fiction. There's so much good. Yeah. There's so much good. Were you, were you a fan of like, you know, um, with game of Thrones and all that sort of stuff or were you No, I was more Lord old school. Yeah. Lord of the Rings foundation, Dune. Yeah. You know, all Did of you those. See the new and, movie. Yeah. I have not seen the new movie. No. Yet, so I need to get out there and see that. So, uh, so then I've got some friends of mine in LA talk about weird networks of very creative people. And so they keep me pumped up with the list of, uh, they they have two lists for me. They have one list of really good science fiction, and then one list one list they think I should read because they want to change how I think about things. And so it's yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty funny. That's awesome. You got a wide array of people. Thanks for listening to DC Local Leaders. We'd love to connect with you. Find us on LinkedIn and YouTube by searching DC Local Leaders on Instagram at DC Local Leaders or our website, dclocalleaders.com. You can find the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google, or wherever you find great podcasts. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time.